SOS Radio On Demand. It changed my heart. On Demand. It changes your life. Thanks for downloading Scott Harold's podcast. Hope Church is one of the fastest growing churches in Las Vegas and launched back in 2001 when Pastor Vance Pittman and his family felt called to Las Vegas. And today, Vance travels all over the world teaching God's Word and speaking on leadership and church planning. And it's, you've worked with families and leaders, Vance. You've noticed a burden that a lot of people feel with leadership. Yeah, for me, it was really you know, this idea of trying really hard to live the Christian life really epitomized for me what it looked like first decade of my Christian journey. For probably the first 10, 12 years of following Jesus when I came to know Christ, because I'd been raised in a culture where Christianity was really about do's, don'ts, rights, wrongs, rules, and regulations, when I came to Christ, I knew I'd been given a relationship with Jesus, but then I began to try to live out that relationship in my own strength and my own power. And rather than experiencing the freedom that was mine in Christ, I adopted and kind of brought onto my own shoulders this burden of religion, trying hard to live the Christian life, and just could never find that freedom. I always felt frustrated and defeated and felt like something was missing in my own life. Yeah, and then you realize, I'm frustrated with my faith, but really, I'm just tired because I've just been trying to work hard. 100%. Yeah. There were even verses in the Bible that made no sense to me. Like, for example, Jesus in one place says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And listen to those three words, rest, easy, and light. In the first decade of my Christian journey, you couldn't have picked three words that were further removed from my experience of Christianity than rest, easy, and light. For me, if you just said to pick three words, I would have picked hard, work, and heavy. That's exactly what my Christian faith was about. I didn't understand that what he'd invited me into was a relationship where he didn't want me to live for him. He wanted to live in and through me. And that was liberating for me when I came to that discovery as a follower of Christ that Christianity is not me living for Jesus, but Christianity is Jesus living his life in and through me. You know, there's a difference between being soul tired and being physically tired. And we're talking with Pastor Vance Pittman today at SWS Radio. And we're talking about the difference between workspace religion and a relationship with Jesus. So a lot of times we're thinking like, I want to do this work for God. But really, it's about inviting Jesus to do his work through us, Vance. Yeah, well, when I came to know Christ, I understood the gospel taught me that Jesus died for my sins so that I could be forgiven and have a relationship with God. And my mentality was... Man, if he's done that for me, now it's up to me to do something great for him. And there are even quotes that are used in Christianity that sound super spiritual about doing great things for God. But the bottom line is, he didn't save me so I could do something for him. He saved me so that he could do something in me and through me for his glory. He doesn't want me to do something great for him. He wants to do something great through me. When I do something for him, I get the credit and the glory for that. But when he does something through me, Jesus didn't just die for my sins. He rose again from the dead so that his death is my death, but now his life is my life. And that's where the freedom comes from. And that's where the releasing of that burden comes from. So what is the best way to reset that? When we've been trying to do things for God, but we want him to come in and live through us, it's not only a paradigm shift, but there's a whole element of surrender that is hard to comprehend. Yeah, it is. And you read Paul's writings in the New Testament, and you understand that Paul wrestled with this very thing that we're talking about. It's why Paul said of himself, I die daily. Hmm. 
because he understood that there's a natural tendency in my flesh that longs to perform. Mm -hmm. My flesh longs to be appreciated. It longs to be valued. It longs to be significant. That's the natural tendency of my flesh is to do something. But it's interesting. God didn't create human doings. He created human (laughs) beings. It's not about what we do. It's about who we are in Christ. And I think one of the classic verses in Scripture is when Paul said in Galatians, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Mm -hmm. Yet, it's not I, but Christ lives in me. Paul taught this principle that Christ lives in and through us, and he says that happens by faith. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. It's Christ living in and through me out of the overflow of my intimate fellowship relationship with him. We're talking about wrapping our head around what the true life of a Jesus follower is all about with Pastor Vance Pittman from Hope Church today on SWS Radio. Actually, has a new book. It's called Unburdened. It's about stop living for Jesus so that Jesus can live through you. And a few minutes ago, we were talking about that longing. We long to do things for God. We long to grow. We long to be successful. And longing isn't a bad thing. Longing is something that God's put in us, but it's framed a certain way of inviting Jesus to really live through. 100%. Paul wrote it this way another place in the scripture. He said, I labor, but I labor striving according to his power, Uh which mightily works within me. So there is in the heart of every child of God a longing to obey, a longing to please God. But for a long time in my life, I had a wrong perspective on that. There's a verse in John chapter 14 where Jesus said, If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. For much of my Christian journey, here's how I heard that verse, Scott. I heard that verse as, If you love me, you better obey me. (laughs) And so I viewed obedience as a measure by which I could show God how much I loved him. And I felt defeated on days when I didn't 100% obey because somehow I hadn't proven to God how much I loved him. But when I begin to understand the principles that are in the book, here's the way I now hear that verse. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me. You'll keep my commandments. Emphasis not on obeying him, emphasis on loving him. Obedience is born out of the overflow of intimacy with the Father. It's not that obedience doesn't matter. Obedience does matter. But obedience is not the focus of the life of the Christian. Obedience is the fruit of of the life of a Christian who's abiding in Christ daily. You know, it's so interesting when you read through John 15 and Jesus is talking about, I'm the vine, you're the branches. When you abide in me, you bear fruit. Well, actually it says much fruit, not just a little fruit here or there, a couple of berries, you know, a couple of apples or lemons. That's it. Well, and Scott, that verse, that passage you're quoting, John 15, this powerful illustration that Jesus gives is right after three times in John 14, he makes this statement, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And it's like he almost took the disciples into that vineyard to illustrate for them the relationship between love and obedience. Because when you get to the illustration of the vine and the branches, there's not one command in that story to bear fruit. Not once are we commanded to bear fruit. The only command in John 15 is to abide. That's why Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you abide in me Mm -hmm. and I in you, you bear much fruit. But then he said this, apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, here's the problem with that verse. We think it says, apart from me, you can't do big things. 
Because let a big thing come up in our life, and what do we do? We find time to abide in Christ. We seek Him. But let it be an average, ordinary, run-of-the-mill day, and we can do that on our own. But Jesus didn't say, apart from me, you can't do big things. He said, apart from me, you can't do anything. You can do nothing. Everything in our life of value and significance and purpose happens out of the overflow of intimacy with Christ. Mm. It's born out of that abiding relationship with Him. And the fruit in our life is simply the life of Jesus in us being pressed out through us out of the overflow of abiding. I mean, think about it this way. What is fruit? Agriculturally, fruit is simply the life of whatever's in the vine being pressed out in the branches. You got an apple tree, what's coming out? Apples. You got an orange tree, what's coming out? Oranges. Well, Jesus said he's the vine. So what's the fruit? It's the life of the vine. It's Christ in us being pressed out through our lives, not as we try hard. You've Mm -hmm. never seen a tree out there in the field trying hard (laughs) to produce those apples. It's out of the overflow of abide. The only thing the branch can do is abide in the vine. The only thing that we can do as followers of Jesus is abide in Christ personally and daily. And that's really the first key relationship that Christianity is all about. John Maxwell explains leadership is influence, and we're talking about the burden of leadership today with Vance Pittman from Hope Church. And whether you live in a space as a parent or as a middle manager or a teacher, or you just work in the service world, you lead and you influence people, even if it's not part of your daily job title. But leading up to your bosses is just as important, if not more, than leading down to people who are in your so-called chain of command. Vance, what have you learned about leading in a space where you may not feel like you have a whole lot of influence? Yeah, you said it well, Scott, in quoting John Maxwell, that leadership really is about influence. It's about influencing others. And it's one of the things I point out in the book and talking about following Jesus being about relationships. It's first and foremost, as we've been talking about, about a relationship with Christ. But it's also about a relationship with your brothers and sisters in Christ. But then it's also about a relationship with people who don't know God at all. And so if you're in a position of leadership, it may be in the church world, the ministry world. It may be in the business world, the educational domain, the medical field. Regardless of where you find yourself as a follower of Christ, you have a responsibility to share in the mission of Jesus by leveraging your job, your skill, and your passion to accomplish Christ's mission, which is to allow others to see Christ in you, the light of the gospel, to be shown where you are. And so that position or platform of leadership that you have, whether it's leading upwards in a relationship towards those that are over you or leading in a way towards those that are subordinate to you that you're managing or overseeing, in every one of those, you got a responsibility to allow Christ in you to live through you and to live on mission in that particular job. Sometimes I think as Christians, we put missions and evangelism in this unique box that only <laughs> happens when I go on a trip overseas yeah. or I'm doing a project with my church. But what would happen if every Christian saw themselves living on mission? That the job that they have, the position of leadership that they have, is given to them by God for the express purpose of leveraging that for the sake of the mission, the kingdom of God being expanded. What if every Christian saw themselves living as a missionary, allowing Christ in them, in their position of leadership, to leverage that for the sake of the mission? That's exactly how the New Testament saw Christianity explode. Everybody began to leverage their job, skill, and passion where they live, work, and play to share in the mission of Jesus. And that's really the overflow of Christ in us. Sometimes I think we reserve mission and evangelism for kind of the special forces in the church, those with the special ops training, if you will. But the bottom line is... 
Christ in us, living through us, looks like sharing in the mission of God because it's simply who Jesus is. And that can be definitely expressed in this arena of leadership. There's a huge difference between knowing of God and actually knowing God. And we're talking with author and pastor Vance Pittman today at SWS Radio. He has a brand new book. It's called Unburdened. It's out this week. And Vance, why do you think Christians are struggling so much to truly know God in a culture where we have so many different connection points? I think it's really about how you cultivate relationships. If you think about relationships, there's one word that is the only way you can develop any relationship. That word is time. You think of relationships, don't even think spiritual. Just think any relationship, husband, wife, parent, child, boyfriend, girlfriend, boss, coworker. The only way to develop a relationship is time. And the only way to know God is to invest time in the relationship with God. And we live in a world today that is filled with so many distractions. Distractions are the great enemy of devotion. You can't really be devoted and distracted at the same time. And because of the world that we live in that's so fast-paced, so much technology, I mean, you wake up and most of us are using our phones as our alarm clocks. The first thing you grab gives you access to more information in 30 minutes than two generations ago had in 18 years of schooling. So the distractions of that rob us of carving out time to simply be alone with God. When you look at the life of Jesus in the Gospels, Jesus lived his life out of the overflow of intimacy with the Father. Everything Jesus did, he did out of the overflow of his fellowship relationship with the Father. He even said of himself, when you hear my words, it's not my words. It's the Father's words in me. Yeah. He said, when you see my works, not my works, it's the Father's works in me. He even said the Son can do nothing on his own initiative unless it is that he sees the Father doing. He said, I didn't come to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. My mm-hmm. food, he said, is to do the Father's will. Look at how many times in the Gospels you see Jesus slipping away into the wilderness, going up into the garden, spending 40 days out before he begins his public ministry, spending all night in prayer before he chooses his disciples. Jesus lived his life out of the overflow of fellowship with the Father. Jesus cultivated intimate fellowship with the Father. Now, here's the point. If Jesus needed to do that, in his humanity, and he was God in the flesh, how much more do you and I need to cultivate time alone with God each day? And the reason so many of us don't know God like we should know God, it's not that we don't know him at all, but know him intimately, which is what Christianity is all about. Jesus said in John 17, this is eternal life, that you may know him the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you've sent. And the word know that he uses there is the word it implies in the Greek language, personal fellowship. Mm. It's about knowing God intimately. But the reason so many Christians are struggling to live the Christian life is they show up at church on Sunday, get their cup filled up, maybe read the Bible a couple times during the week, and then they expect to be able to live the Christian life, when in reality, that's not possible. It is absolutely impossible for you or I, Scott, to live the Christian life. The only person who could ever live the Christian life is Jesus. And now Jesus desires to live the Christian life in and through us. And that happens as we cultivate time alone with him. 
We're talking with Pastor Vance Pittman today at SWIS Radio. It's interesting. I saw a study the other day, Vance, where it was talking about how to develop quality friendships as an adult. You know, when we were younger, we'd meet people playing sports. We'd meet people at school, friends every year. We'd have new people in our class, clubs and things. It was basically drilling everything down to, as an adult, the way that you develop quality friendships, like a best friendship, it goes all back to the amount of time you spend with that person. And if it's couples, it like compounds that. If it's like the husband and the wife both get along with the other husband and the wife, yeah. and then their kids are the same age and they hang out together. Yeah. And you drill that down of why that works and it's time. It's yeah. time. It's time. Yeah. And it all goes back to how we want to cultivate relationships with God. It's the exact same thing. I heard somebody say one time, they asked the question, how do you spell love? And the response was T-I-M-E, because the only way to really invest in and develop a relationship is by spending time with that person. And a lot of times what we want to do with God is we want to have a relationship with Him, but we don't want to invest the time in the relationship. We want a microwave version of that relationship Mm -hmm. where we can instantly get what we need when we need it, and that's (laughs) not how it works with the Father. we got to cultivate time alone with Him. Think about it this way. When I got married, I went to my wife and I proposed, like I'm sure you did with your wife. But what if I had proposed to my wife like this, and I'd have said, Christy, here's what I want to do. I want us to get married. I want us to spend the rest of our lives together. And here's what it's going to look like. Every Sunday, I'm going to come and spend an hour, an hour and a half with you on a Sunday, and I'm going to give you my undivided attention for an hour and a half on Sunday. Now, other than Sundays... I'm probably not going to see you much during the week. Now, (laughs) I might stop by one night a week with a small group of people, but other than that, I'm probably not going to see you very much during the week. Oh, excuse me, unless I need something. If I need something, you will hear from me. Matter of fact, I'm going to blow up your phone if I need something. But other than that, you're probably not going to hear from me very much. Would you like to marry me? Now, obviously... No woman in her right mind is going to accept that proposal, and no man in his right mind is going to make that proposal within arm's length of that woman because he's going to get popped if he does. Exactly. So we laugh about that because it's it's humor. Nobody. And yet, here's what we say to God. God, I want to give you my life. I want you to be the center of everything. I want you to be my Lord, my Savior. I want to live out of the overflow of a fellowship relationship with you. And here's the plan. I'm going to come by on Sundays for an hour and a half. I might show up at a small group. Occasionally, I'll call. Oh, now, if I need something, God, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray like I need it today. And we wonder why we struggle in our intimacy with God. If we tried to build a marriage like that, we know it wouldn't work. And yet, we try to build our faith like that and live the Christian life like that when we're cutting off the lifeline for how to really live in our Christian experience. And that is out of the overflow of intimacy with God. And I'm not just saying we need a daily quiet time. We do need time alone with God daily, but we need to learn to live moment by moment out of the overflow of intimacy with the Father, where every moment is that constant conversation like Paul talked about when he said, pray without ceasing. He didn't mean we had to stay on our knees 24-7, but he meant that we should keep a constant conversation with the Father, where every thought, every word, every deed is lived out of the overflow of fellowship with him. 
The life of Jesus is a perfect example of what our life should look like, but we're not perfect. We're talking with Pastor Vance Pittman today at SWIS Radio. He has a new book. It's called Unburdened. And a couple of weeks ago, I heard you sharing about how we should rethink the way that we look at prayer and the way that we treat God's Word if we want to have the breakthroughs this year that we're seeking for. Obviously, we're not perfect. We think about living the life of a Jesus follower as perfection, but that's not reality in what Jesus is asking us to do. Yeah, absolutely. We're not going to be perfect this side of eternity. We are still dealing with the flesh, but we can experience victory moment by moment as Christ lives in and through us. I heard Major Ian Thomas in a book wrote this statement. He said, the Christian life is nothing less than the life he lived then, lived now by him in you. That's what Christianity is. It's his life being lived through us. And when you look in the Gospels at the life of Christ, his life was really about three relationships, intimacy with the Father, fellowship with the disciples, and relationships with people that didn't know God at all. And so out of the overflow of his intimacy with the Father, it spilled into a fellowship relationship with disciples that then engaged unbelievers so that they could come to know God through him. And you said it well. A cornerstone of his relationship with the Father was prayer and the Word of God. Jesus even modeled for us those two tenets of prayer and the Word being foundational in our fellowship with the Father. As we think about that as Christians, we've been talking about the importance of time alone with God. Well, two of the major vehicles through which we spend time alone with the Father is prayer and the Word. And Scott, when you think about that in light of the church community, I like to use the illustration of an airplane. If you think about an airplane, an airplane has two wings. Aerodynamics demands those two wings both be on the airplane in order for that airplane to catch the wind and be able to fly. You sit down on an airplane at the airport and you look out the window and there's only one wing, you're getting off that airplane, <laughs> Run! right? Exactly. I shared that with our church a couple weeks ago. And I said, what would you do if you sat down and saw that there was only one wing on the airplane and somebody in the service shouted out, I would pray. And I was like, no, you're not going to pray. You're going <laughs> to run off that airplane. You can pray all you want to, but if there's only one wing, that plane is not taking off. But God gave the church really two wings of the airplane to capture the wind of the Spirit of God as he moves in and through our fellowship, and that is the word and prayer. It's why the apostles said we must devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. It's that corporate coming together and praying and that corporate submitting to the word of God. And when God's people, the church, come together, that's how we invite the wind of the Spirit of God to move. And I think one of the reasons we're not seeing God move in America like other continents around the world and countries are seeing God move in power is because the church has abandoned these two wings of the airplane. We've relegated prayer to moments of transition when you move people off the stage, and we've relegated the Word to some seasoning that we place on what we want to say. When what the Bible teaches us is the Word is the foundation, and prayer is our desperate cry for God, and when we put the two wings of the airplane there, we invite the wind of the Spirit of God to move in power. It's amazing when you hear all the ways that God is working in churches in California and Arizona and New Mexico and Idaho and Nevada. We have people in our SOS family plugging in in all of those spaces right now. We're talking with Pastor Vance Pittman from Hope Church in Las Vegas. Vance, you were born in Alabama. Yeah. You went to college in Alabama. You led churches over in Tennessee and in Georgia and now in Las Vegas. You've been here since 2001, and you felt called to be a church planner. It's really interesting when you look at all the studies of 
every great awakening started in prayer. Yeah. But you know what? On the West Coast of our country, there's never really ever been a Christian stronghold like there has been in the South, where there was a Christian culture established and yeah. grew for years. And even with the Puritans who came over on the Mayflower and planted in Plymouth Rock and in Massachusetts and went, went all throughout New England, planting churches and telling people about Jesus and a Christian stronghold was established there for a long time. And you hear people say, oh, America is post-Christian. And, and some parts of America are post-Christian. Yeah. But it's interesting, if you think about it, the West Coast has never really had any sort of Christian stronghold. Do you feel like there's a ton of opportunity here? Scott, I totally believe there's a lot of opportunity here. And it's interesting. We've been talking about the book that God allowed me to write. And the book is really a part of my personal story. And me moving to Las Vegas, like you described 20 years ago, really happened in my own life out of the overflow of my intimate relationship with Christ. I began to see some stuff in Jesus that wasn't in me. It really started out of a verse of Scripture in Luke 4 when Jesus said, I must preach the kingdom to the other cities also, for I was sent for this purpose. And when I saw those two phrases, the kingdom of God and other cities, God just stirred in my heart. My wife and I prayed, said, Lord, yes, we don't know where, we don't know when, but the answer is yes. We thought we were going to go overseas. A couple weeks later, God fills in the blank through a friend of mine with Las Vegas, uh, which was so far <laughs> off my radar from Alabama, because where I'm from in Alabama, people don't go to Las Vegas. If they do, they don't tell anybody. But we so knew God had called us, we began the process of relocating our family here to the city. And 20 years ago, we did that with a heartbeat to see the gospel multiplied in Las Vegas, but not just in Las Vegas, in the West. Because here's what I realized. What you just said is so true. A lot of America, the New England states, and now the Bible Belt is rapidly becoming this, is what you call post-Christian. They've seen great movements of God. They've seen great revivals. They've seen what we've even called historically great awakenings where hundreds of thousands, sometimes millions of people come to Christ. Churches are planted. But the Western United States, is the last pre-Christian culture left in America. The Western United States, other than a small semblance of the Jesus movement in the 1970s, has never seen a great awakening. It's most of the Western United States, the mountain and Pacific time zones, where 75 million people in America live, are largely non-evangelized, unchristian, and unchurched. Now, not to say there aren't some Christians and some great churches in the West, but the vast majority, if you drop down in any major city in the Western United States, it's between 90 and 95 percent unchurched. That's true all up and down the West Coast. It's also true in the New England parts of America, but that's where they had the church, and now they're post-Christian. The West is pre-Christian, and that's significant because if you study movement— of the gospel globally. Movement always happens in a pre-Christian context. So I believe convictionally, if there is hope for another great awakening in America, it is the Western United States. And so when God called our family here, he brought us here with that burden to see a multiplication of the church in the West to lay seed for what could be in generations to come, a mighty movement of God. So here's what we've done at Hope Church. We've asked God to give us in the next 15 years 1% of the Western United States. That's 750,000 of the 75 million people to come to Christ. So how do you do that? Well, one church can't do that. We've asked God to let us plant 300 new churches. We just launched our 68th church plant in the Western United States. We've asked God to let us plant 300 churches in 15 years that would each reproduce and multiply 10 churches each. That would be 3,000 new churches. If all of them reached 250 people for Christ, 
That's 750,000 people. That's 1% of the Western United States. Now, that's not movement. That's multiplying the church. But here's what I believe. We can't create movement. Only the Spirit of God can move. We can obey the principles of multiplication in Scripture, sharing in the mission of God. And when we do that, built on those two wings of the airplane, the Word of God and prayer, it invites the movement of the Spirit of God. We're praying that in 15 years, we'd lay the seed that could be reaped into a harvest or movement. Because if you think about it, if that really happens and we see 1% of the West in the next 15 years, and then those 3,000 churches multiplied again, in the next 15 years, that becomes 30,000 churches wow. and 7.5 million people, which is 10% of the Western United States. What if in the next 30 to 40 years, there could be a movement of 30,000 new churches in the Western United States? That's movement. That's the Spirit of God, and that could bring awakening to America. Well, Vance Pittman has a brand new book. It's called Unburdened, Stop Living for Jesus So Jesus Can Live Through You. Thanks for coming in today. Scott, honored to be here. Really appreciate the ministry of SOS Radio in our valley and in the West, and so thankful for the way the gospel is just poured out from this point of light here in our city. So appreciate you. Appreciate SOS Radio. And where can we connect with you? You can do that either through our website, hopechurchonline.com. You can do it through my personal website, vancepittman.com. I have a leadership podcast that you can find wherever you find podcasts, the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast, or on social media, just at Vance Pittman. So love to connect with folks and hear their story. Thanks for downloading the SOS Radio Podcast. Tell a friend and connect. SOSradio.net.